This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. Today's guest is Amanda Brooks. Amanda is a runner, coach, writer, and much more. Amanda lives in Colorado, where I had the pleasure of meeting her after following each other on Instagram for the last few years. She's an avid traveler and regular rest day bragger. We talked about the evolution of social media and what she's seen change over the last few years and how she uses it to connect with other runners. We talked about goals she has for the future, including a book launch, and we also covered some tips for those coming back from injury, as she's done recently. We also talked about balancing work, running, travel, and life. As you'll hear from this episode, Amanda is super outgoing, and it was a really entertaining conversation. She brings that same energy on a regular basis on her Instagram, which you can find at Run to the Finish. Enjoy. All right. I am here with Amanda Brooks in Boston, Massachusetts. Amanda is uh, Amanda lives in Colorado, so she's just in town for the podcast. Absolutely. I flew here just for this. Just moment. the podcast. Yes. I really appreciate <laughs> I really appreciate you coming to uh to Boston to record uh this podcast. You know, I'll do anything for fellow runners. <laughs> Perfect. So um so you are a runner and a a jack of many trades, a Jane of many trades. And um so yeah, so we are we are chatting here in Boston. But we first met um at Red Rocks in Colorado. Yes. So what what brought you to Colorado? So we moved around a little bit with my husband's job and had been in Florida for about eight years uh, when I decided I was tired of Florida. <laughs> tired of Florida. <laughs> I think like many people who have lived in Florida, I was I was tired of it. Um, mostly the humidity nonstop year round. And I kind of just threw it out there that if we were going to be moving forever with his current company, what if we just decided where we wanted to live and we moved there instead and he got a job that took a little convincing. But then eventually he was like, you're right. I, you know, I'm done with this. So sight unseen, we agreed on Denver, Colorado. Nice. Um, yeah. So I had maybe been once as like a teenager he had never been, but I said there's mountain bike trails, and he was sold. <laughs> it's an easy sell. Yes. <laughs> you see the photos, you see the video, it's an easy sell. Yes. So um, you spend your time uh, enjoying the mountains in, in your free time, but what do you do? What does is, what is the, the workday look like for you? So full-time is runtothefinish.com. So I'm really lucky. I guess maybe I got into the blog world at the right time, which was like 11 years ago now. Um, And I was a journalism major. So luckily I was able to kind of turn that into my full-time job. So now it's 
a lot of content production. Um, social media is the name of the game. And then I'm working on a book. Very nice. So a lot of this podcast, the goal is to talk about like what keeps you going from a running standpoint. But you've been um, you've been in the social media world in in running for for 11 years now, you said. So what at first, how how did you did you stumble into it? Was it an intentional choice? Because you've been you've been doing it for a while and you're you're very good at it. So, you know, what what got you there? Yeah. So initially the blog started because I thought if my husband has to listen to me talk about running one more day, we might get a divorce. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just write to these people on the Internet who <laughs> might also like running. Um, and, and this that, was 2008? 2000. So technically I wrote my first blog post in 2005 and then I kind of took a break. And then since 2007... There has not been a single week that there has not been at least two new pieces wow. of content, um, which is insane when I actually think about it. Um, so really, that's how it started. And then kind of like most things, it kept growing. I had built like a community that I really enjoyed, but I was working full time as a consultant and I was working about 80 hours a week doing that alone. And then the blog was another 20 plus. So I kind of hit a tipping point and just decided like, I'm either like, I'm going to do this, do this, or I'm done with it. It was a hobby that's taking too much time. Because um, of course, I was doing all that and still running. And so I decided I would give it a go for a little while. And I was like, one year, we'll see what happens. And that one year, it started turning into a business. And that was still early days of social media. So like I could really just spend my time creating content. Um, now social media is like hours out of your day, which feels like a real weird way to say you're making money, but it's true. Um, now what I've realized is I'm excited by the connection so when you start getting like bogged down in how many likes you're getting and how many followers you have, yeah, it gets like tedious and not fun, but I've finally really gotten to like know a lot of people. And like when I post like a question, people actually respond and I'm like, this, this is why I'm here. This is why I did it. Like totally. I really want to connect to other runners. So when, when did you make your first Instagram post? Uh, oh, I was late to the game. Like I was like the oh god, please don't <laughs> make me yes, please don't make me do this. So I was like, I'm not even sure. We had moved to Miami, so probably 2009, sometime. I'm guessing, but it had been around for a little while. I was late to the platform. And so, how do you balance between the Instagram and the blog and real life and content creation and? Um, having enough time to, to disconnect also. Yeah. So one of the weirdest things is when your job and your hobbies and your life are all your work. <laughs> so every it's time... A blessing in disguise. Right. It's like a very weird yeah, thing, though. That. Like when I travel, I'm like, I can't really disconnect because usually I'm getting paid for that travel. Or if I'm not, I can turn it into something. Right. So like I still need to be sharing and recording and... So it's definitely tricky in those scenarios. Otherwise, I would say in my day-to-day -day life, I am such a routine person that like 
I'm going to run first thing in the morning. That's not technically true. I'm going to post on Instagram at 5 a.m. because that is my ideal posting time. And then I'm going to run. And then I'm going to have my smoothie. And then I'm going to work for a while. And then I'm going to check social media and consider that part of my job. So I think because I have a routine that's helped, especially not everyone could work from home and work by themselves. It's not for everyone. Um, but it's worked for me, I think, because I have that routine. Totally. But if you didn't have that routine, it would be sort of a... Oh, if I've gone through periods where like we've like moved... Like you're traveling. Yes, or we've traveled and all of a sudden I'm like, why am I so behind on things? And it's because I'm out of that routine. Um, it helps though that like, I just love it. Like I love running. I love to read about it. I like to write about it. I like to talk about it. So that's the biggest question I think I've gotten over the last few years as more people are getting into blogging was kind of the, how do you keep coming up with topics? And I was like, I have a spreadsheet of like <laughs> 500 things I haven't written about. <laughs> but it's hilarious because you have, you have 500 things plus that you have written about. I remember I replied to a story. Of, I forget what it was that, that I was like, Oh, this would be a good blog post. And you sent me the blog post. It was written in like 2012 or something like that. Yes. I think that's one of like, I feel bad sometimes because people ask me a question and I just send them a link, <laughs> but I'm like, why would I type out a response? I did a very thorough right. <laughs> article. Yeah. It's much better than what yeah. I could possibly say in these. Yes. Cool. So what are some of your favorite trends that you've seen in first in social media and maybe well I'll ask about running afterwards. So I think in social media at least I have started to see this shift where people aren't quite as crazed about numbers and on my side like working with brands that's nice because I don't really care if I have 200,000 followers. I want the right people who are engaged and getting something out of what's totally. being shared or like connecting back with me. And I finally feels like everyone is sort of getting on board with that. And I think from people, a big brand standpoint, yeah, yeah, from the big brands, but then even people using the platform have suddenly to me at least seemed like they are craving that connection yep. too. They want more than like the quick scroll through. So it's just a whole lot more fun. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing like a lot more longer form posts. I'm uh, do you know Crystal Seaver? Yes. So Crystal is is really good at at capturing you in the first two sentences, but then it's like you get two paragraphs with it, and it's and it's interesting, and I yeah. think that that that's cool to see. It's the connection. It's not just. Um, Went for a run today. It was awesome. Yes. I think that was the big thing for me maybe a few years ago was I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't really want to see what everyone else is doing every right. day. So why would I be sharing that? Like, Yeah. I mean, it's something that like I've been struggling with recently. Yeah. Like I tend to post every day too and and I run six days a week and many of the photos are from that day's run. And it's like, do people really care? They don't care, but it's – I don't think they care, but – I guess some people care, but yeah. it's it's the the message or the the story behind it that um, they don't really care what you ran for you know yeah. your hour it, commute, it, but yeah, it's it's the the meaning that you make with that and the story that you tell through it. Absolutely, it's that you showed up and that they can relate to whatever you're going through. Totally. And a couple of the messages I've gotten lately, which have meant a lot to me, have been that. 
I made them feel like it was okay to be a runner no matter what their pace was mm-hmm. because I wasn't always talking about like, oh, I just hit this yeah. or, oh, I feel so slow. I ran a six-minute mile. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I get it. For some people, that's not a good day. For a lot of right. us, that's our best day. <laughs> no, I love that. The the fascination with the, the watch photos has seemed to have gone down yeah. a lot, although the, the most liked photo I ever got was after um, – after the Philly Marathon, sorry, it wasn't the most liked photo I've ever got. It was the most liked photo Garmin had ever had. Oh, that's uh, funny. In 2016, it was uh, my my watch and three tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tacos really. Sold I think the it deal, was much right? more compelling I mean, content that, that had the tacos funny. with it. Yes. Um, and now, what about running? What are some trends that you've seen in running? <sighs> what is the biggest thing I've seen? Because um, when when did you start running? So I started running in 2002. Um, and and why? Yeah. So I always did sports, but running was a punishment. Like right. I, I found ways out of it. Ironically, I would often fake knee pain. Uh, now <laughs> we'll I, get would, to like, that. <laughs> I would run through any pain. Um, so 2002, I was a junior in college and some friends decided they wanted to do a road trip from Missouri for the rock and roll Nashville. And I was like, road trip? Sure. Sure. I can run 13 miles. I don't know. So I did that race. Um, I actually think I finished in like 215. Like it was not bad considering I had no idea what I'm doing, the benefits of youth. Um, But really, I just, it wasn't even like I finished that race and was like, oh, I can't wait to run another one. I just thought, God, I am so proud of myself right now. Like, this was hard and I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't for a grade. Like I did that just because I wanted to. And that's what I got hooked on as much as the runs itself. So what was after that one, what was the next race you signed up for? I didn't do another race (laughs) until we did that exact race the following year. (laughs) Nice. The same group of people? (laughs) Yes. And did you beat your time? I did. So that time, I still think I was over two. I want to say it was like 205 or something. Um, And I'm not someone who races a ton. So I'll run an average of 1,600 miles a year, but I might run like two races. They just... For me, they are fun, but they're not the point, so I don't care. So you're you're very much so involved in loving the process, mm-hmm. and and that's awesome. Um, what do you think about um, the the serial racing versus you know picking two races and and sticking with it? I know it yeah. works differently for for different people, but what's your what's your take on that? I think. It kind of depends. So there are a lot of runners who are only motivated when they have a race on the calendar. And that's fine. I think you're missing some of the joy and the fun of the sport if the only reason you're ever doing it is for the clock. Um, So that makes me a little sad because I'm like, there's so much fun to be had beyond that. Um, And I think it's really hard, no matter what we tell ourselves, to hold back on race day. I mean, I don't know how many fun races I've gone to do. And then, you know, you finish and you're like, whoa, that was a PR. Like I pushed myself (laughs) as hard as I could. Again, (laughs) go figure. So I think no matter how many times they say like, oh, I'm just going to take this one easy. They're pushing really, really hard a lot. And 
so then my concern is always like that either leads to burnout or injury. Um, so I think if you can find a little more fun in the process and space it out, there's some benefit. Totally. And being now in Denver, your your ability to enjoy the process is a little <laughs> different than most. So what are what are some of your favorite trails in in the Denver area and, and nearby? So one that's fairly close to Denver is Staunton Park, um, which is it's up about seven thousand feet. So even if you live in Denver, going up a thousand feet, you still notice. Um, so I like that one because it's like a slight uphill the whole way out and it's super pretty, but that means the way back is just like, you just fly. It's not like crazy technical. So I'm not afraid I'm going to like fall on my face the majority of the time. (laughs) So I love that one. Um, What's another really good one? Oh, down towards Colorado Springs, everybody knows Garden of the Gods, but there's not actually that much trail right in Garden of the Gods, but really close to it is a place called Red Rocks Park, and that's pretty neat too, and it's very pretty. Is that where is that where we were? No, oh. so it's it's like maybe called like Red Rock Canyon. Uh, I don't know, so it's right next to Garden of the Gods, which it. is about an hour 20 south of Denver. Cool. Um, so you've, you've been, you've had a, uh, um, you had a surgery about a year and a half ago. What was the switching gears completely? (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was, what was it like coming back into running and, and, um, getting back at it? I, I know a lot of people struggle with the, um, I don't want to call back at square one, but you know, starting from, starting from scratch after a long layoff. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, it was eight months of injury before even getting surgery. So by the time I got surgery, I was just like, I'm ready for this, do whatever you need to do. And I honestly don't know if it's just because my husband has helped to mellow me out so much over the years, but I took this injury better than I have taken any injury probably in my entire life. Um, I really and truly after surgery was like, okay, every day I will just celebrate whatever is an improvement over yesterday. And having the blog in a weird way helps because I knew there was so much of it that would help me relate to other people because it was the first time I had had an injury that big. So now I could relate to all these other people who had gone through it and there was so much more I could share Totally. And I, I think that, um, a huge piece is seeing someone like yourself, like struggle from through that and come back to it and show the process of, of rebuilding that, um, people, you know, always just see like the good stuff and yeah. the people that are, you know, crushing mountains and crushing marathons and half marathons and all that stuff. So it's, it's always good to see, um, it's not good to see, but it's good to see the, the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, the hardest part was probably while I was injured before having surgery because I felt like it was very unknown. I didn't know what the result would be. And then it was it was a little hard to be on social media every day because it was like, God, I really want to be out there running and I can't. So that was actually harder than after surgery because then it was like, okay, now I've just got to do the work and do the work. Waiting game. Yes. So doing the work. And then, I mean, I will say year after surgery, there were some moments where I was kind of like, okay, I 
kind of thought by now I would be back to where I was. Um, and it's easy to look at other people <laughs> and be like, oh, they're like back to where they were. Right. And that's where I have to keep coming back to like, but why am I running? Like, I'm pain free. I'm having a hell of a lot of fun. And I'll keep improving. And, you know, I don't need to I don't need to do it overnight. I think that's the that's the recipe for success. It's finding the you know, what keeps you what keeps you going and then you see progress because it's not, you know, you're not chasing short term goals, but it's it's looking long term and, and enjoying every every day. Um so I know you said you're not a uh you don't like to race a lot, but do you have any any goal races on the calendar in the next year, two years, three years? Yeah, so I have um, Phoenix coming up, which is kind of interesting because that was the last race I ran before the injury really took hold, and I was in pain that whole time. So it'll be kind of fun to do it again. Should not hopefully in be pain. a little better. Yeah, um, man, I would love to do London. Like London would get me to train for a marathon in a heartbeat. What is it about London? I don't know. I think some of it is the allure of just going to London itself. Like I rarely, rarely, if ever, run races where I live. I really, really like to travel <laughs> for my races, which isn't always ideal for a PR, but it's fun. Um, so yeah, London, maybe Berlin. If I got into one of those two, I'd be on the marathon train real fast. Got it. And they do. Uh, Berlin has a roller skate marathon too. Oh, you could, you could do a, a two for <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Different muscles. Yes. Um, have you done Boulder Boulder? I haven't. So I've actually been traveling so far every year that we've been there. So I think I will be in town is this, this year? year. Yeah. So I think this might be the year. Cool. For those that don't know, it is, uh, there are a hundred waves and it, it goes off flawlessly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's insane. Like it's so impressive. It's just a massive party. It's a lot of fun. Um, so moving on, uh, you mentioned that you are working on a book. Yes. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. So cool. it won't actually come out till 2020, which neither just... will this podcast yeah. episode <laughs> <laughs> at this rate. So it feels really weird because I'm so used to the quickness of the blog right. to be like, well, publish, yeah. go. Yeah. I'm like, wait, why is it going to take you that long? Um, yeah, I had an editor come to me who has actually published um, Dean Carnazes and Matt Fitzgerald. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, you're like <laughs> legit. <laughs> and um, yeah, after thinking about it for a little while, I decided that I had a topic I was excited about. So it's going to be called Beyond the Clock, a middle of the Packers guide to oh, training. Cool. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to my whole premise of like, loving the run, even if you're not the fastest person. Um, and so it's a lot of training tips, but it's also just funny. Um, I mean, it's a lot of the stuff that I think runners can just relate to. Like we get it. Like why do people call us joggers every time they find dead bodies? <laughs> like the only time we're joggers are when the newspaper says someone found a dead body. <laughs> like, no, we got to stop. <laughs> so this is a chapter of jokes. <laughs> yeah. So like, I feel like it's not a, you don't need to be an elite runner. This isn't training plans, but it's kind of everything I think people are coming to the blog for. Cool. What are what are some of the like three tips that that you can pull out of there? Ooh. Um let's see. So, I'm only in the process of writing it. So, consider it a brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big things I talk about though is 
getting to that feeling of being a quote real runner um, just because I hear about that so much. And so really kind of breaking down some of the things that we think about ourselves and like, I mean, the second you run, you are a real runner, but. So my definition of being a real runner is the first time you execute a snot rocket that needs <laughs> no wiping. That's when you're a real runner. <laughs> I am not a real runner yet. <laughs> I became a real runner last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Um, so I do talk a lot about that. Um, I talk a lot about working your hips. So, they don't lie. No, I mean, they don't. Like Shakira nailed it. Yeah. So She must be a runner. That's what I always say. Um, so yeah, I talk a lot about your hips and I go through some of those exercises. Um, and for those of you that don't follow Amanda on Instagram, she goes through a lot of those recommendations on her Instagram. Yeah. I've and been, blog. I've been trying to do better with some videos because um, I realized you guys don't care if they're super high quality. <laughs> they just get the job done. Exactly. <laughs> um, that and then what's another final tip I can think of? Eh, really, a lot of it is just not focusing so much on your pace and finding ways to just really fall in love with running. Because um, I think most of us, maybe I shouldn't say that, I have a goal to run for as long as I can. And I think there are a lot of people who feel that way, but don't make it because we get caught up on these other things. Totally. What would you tell, you said you started running in 2002? Yeah. What would you tell... 2001 Amanda hmm. what would I tell her don't fake that knee pain <laughs> karma <laughs> man had knee surgery <laughs> um gosh I don't know I think I kind of like the way it all just came together so I probably just would let it have happened um in general, probably 2001 me should have been told not to worry so damn much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are some uh, running books you've read recently? Ooh, um, I finally read Dina's book, Let Your Mind Run, and it was really, really fabulous. Um, different than I expected. So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, I have The Happy Runner at Home Right Now, which I'm about halfway through. And That's by David and Megan Roche, mm -hmm, who are out there in Boulder. Yep. And then the brave. Actually, their their dog was a co writer of that book too. <laughs> yes. So important qualifier. <laughs> he, he did very good promoting it. Yeah. I definitely saw that. <laughs> um, the brave athlete, calm the f down. Um, so all about kind of the mental side of running. Have you read Endure? don't think I have By, read that one. I think it was Alex Hutchinson. Oh, I haven't. I do want to read that. So if you like the, the mental side of it, that's definitely a yeah. good one. Yeah. Uh, I read that as I was um, racing the mile a couple or run, or training the mile a couple of times uh, yeah. in the spring. And it's, it's wild what you can unlock through um, accepting the pain and just knowing that it's coming and just letting it happen. Yeah, I think learning to embrace the discomfort, maybe that's what I would have told 2001 me. Um, <laughs> well, except the knee stuff. Yeah, I think, but that leaning into the discomfort, especially on race day, that took me a while. That was a very yeah. foreign idea to me. Like, well, this hurts. Why would I keep trying? But there's that? a time and a place for it. So yeah. you have to know when when is the time to hurt and when is the time 
you should see a doctor about that. Yeah. So that's actually, that's almost, that's a big chapter. So I call it discomfort versus pain. Um, And so running is inherently uncomfortable, (laughs) but there's a difference between discomfort and pain and running actually should not be painful. We have kind of an idea that it should be, um, but it's not, it's not painful. It can be uncomfortable, but yeah. For sure. What do you do from a uh, um, mobility or accessory work or um, seeing physical therapists, things like that? What do you do outside of running to, to make the running, I don't want to say not hurt, but feel yeah, better? Yeah, no. So I, the term that I heard a few years ago of prehab became like my favorite thing ever. Um, so I'm super good at doing a dynamic warm up and I've kind of gotten that warm up to the point where like it includes mobility work, it includes hip strength. And so I don't feel like I'm just doing some stretches, like I'm actually getting some of those things done and they're going to benefit my run. So doing those before and then for the most part, I stopped calling rest days, rest days because Mentally, we're all like, oh, I guess I just hang out today. I'm like, it's a recovery day. So on recovery days, I do specific mobility drills um, and all the foam roller and all that stuff. Um, Core work, I think, is another thing that I didn't used to love, but I try to make sure at least three times a week there's some core work, Um, little upper body strength. I'm not... I'm just not huge on the gym, but I do it. Absolutely. Um, and then I do believe in things like a monthly massage. I think that's been hugely beneficial, especially if you can find someone who does a good sports massage to really work things out. And then every couple of months I actually will go to the chiropractor too. Um, that goes back to the hips. So keeping everything aligned. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, Many of those things have been things I've worked in in the last year, particularly the chiropractor and sports massage and uh, training for the 50K in November. It was amazing how going to the chiro and massage consistently, you know, you just didn't have those little niggles that turned into something bigger. Yeah. No, I think they're things, I don't know, maybe we just all learn them as we keep running a little longer, but I wish I would have started doing it sooner. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an investment and it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's worth its weight in gold for those hips for sure um you've been a prolific uh rest day bragger you've had some good ones over the last uh last couple months as well so appreciate appreciate that fighting the good fight (laughs) (laughs) and i will i mean i'll admit like there was there was a period for sure where i was one of the people that was like no i don't want a rest day but now i think part of it is realizing if you've structured your training in the right way like you need that rest day and you feel like you need that rest day. Um, Do you look forward to it on the day before? So I usually enjoy whatever I'm doing that day. Um, I have mine on Mondays now. So it just for me is like I am crazy productive on Mondays. So I love it. You know, like I said, I'll do my mobility and stuff, but otherwise I can get up and I just immediately start working, um, which is maybe not like the best (laughs) healthy choice to do. Um, but but for a lot of people, so my coach has, uh, David, my coach has most of his athletes on Monday rest days also. And part of the justification of that is like a lot of people, Monday is your busiest day. So life stress, run stress. I'm using my hands and we're on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, cause for a long time, I think Sunday was the default rest day. Um, 
and we're active like we're on the trails and hiking and i was right. like i am this i'm does just not count yeah i'm never resting anymore so yeah mondays like have been ideal and i think that is a lot of it it's not stressful to rest on a monday because i've got stuff to do right totally um cool what what does the next um couple of weeks months look like from from a travel from a training perspective yeah so i have um the phoenix race and then i'm actually going to mexico so my dad turned 70 he had a heart attack last year and i was like that's it we're doing something to celebrate you're alive you're <laughs> healthy um so we're gonna go to mexico together and then after that I know I will probably have a race in Santa Barbara in May and a couple other things that I think are all up in the air. I feel like this is how travel goes for me, though. I know about it about a couple of weeks before it happens. <laughs> Got it. So you, you like to travel, though, right? I do. It, I love where we live enough that now I try to max travel it like once a month because I actually want to be there right. um, before it used to be quite a bit more. I have the same problem and it's like you need to schedule weekends at home. Yes. <laughs> so how do you how do you balance the the travel and work and um, time at home knowing that, you know, you're you're being paid to go travel and it's like a lot of uh, opportunity and responsibility. Um, but you need to balance that with life. Yeah. Um, I think now it is really a matter of kind of weighing each opportunity and deciding if it's really part of the bigger picture. So honestly, once the book comes out, there will be a few months where it will be uncomfortable for me because I be will a book be. Tour? Yes. Nice. <laughs> so there will be a lot of travel nonstop. Um, and it would be one thing if I could take my husband with me because um, he really is my best friend. I love it when he travels with me, but he doesn't want to go talk to a bunch of runners for like <laughs> two months straight. So um, that's probably the hardest part um, is when he can't go, which is, you know, the majority of the time. So there's only a few things he usually goes on. Um, so, yeah, it's being OK with saying no, I think. We get kind of caught up in like, oh, if I say no to this, what's going to happen? Um, it's pretty empowering, though, when you like say yeah. no to something. And a lot of times they'll just say, okay, <laughs> is there a better time? Like, Yes, it, there is. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> we feel like it's, oh, this is what they've given me. I must accept it. And no, it, it's pretty empowering to start saying like, I really can't that week. And realizing that they're far more flexible than we assume totally and it's sort of the case where like you're your own best advocate and you could just accept everything or you could decline things that aren't great yeah and i mean i'm sure it helps that i've been really since i started working with partners super picky so i say no to the majority of things that come through my email um and try to be really selective with who i work with so that I'm being honest to me and to my readers and yeah. Totally. And I think you originally you reached out to me about Inside Tracker. Probably. Right? Cause so I'm super, I'm, I don't know it as well as you, but I totally geek out on like 
anything that gives me new and interesting information <laughs> about running. So like, I'm like, oh, VO2 max test? Yes, I would love to throw up. Oh, <laughs> you want some of my blood and you will tell me interesting information? Yes, I want in. Um, so, and that's probably the journalism major in me. Like, yep. I like I like the research. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool to see this trend of, of um, people not just accepting sponsorship dollars or sponsored posts or whatnot, but instead picking things that like they're using and they're doing and they're actually adding value to their own life so that it's yeah. not just, you know, noise. Yeah. It, it was a strange sort of phenomenon for me to watch a period. Maybe it was around 2015 or so where all of a sudden these people were starting blogs specifically to make money and right. they wanted to make money fast and i was like whoa <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I didn't even think that was a thing till i had been doing it like five years oh you want to pay me for what <laughs> i just want to talk to runners yeah so um it's been interesting because i feel like a lot of them some have blown up and they're huge and a lot have faded away because you don't realize how hard it is to talk about the same topic Every day for right. years. So if you don't love it, like there's almost no money that makes it enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat here. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to uh, to tell our, our avid listeners? Man, you guys just enjoy the run. Enjoy the process. I think that's the biggest thing I'm hoping all of us will get a little better at is you can take the watch, you can track it, but don't let it be your master. Totally. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.